Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring one of the original Superman radio shows and Johnny Carson, Jackson Beck, Bud Collier, plus comedian Bob Newhart. One of the popular radio shows during the 40s was The Adventures of Superman. It was heard every afternoon, Monday through Friday. The excerpt you're going to hear is a bit scratchy, but it's one I actually recorded in June 1944 on a home disc recorder. Listen now for... The Adventures of Superman! Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive! Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, brought to you by that super delicious cereal, Pep. A strange and mysterious voice has been breaking in on coast-to-coast radio programs, threatening grave disasters through the American war effort. Following the first threat, the giant Jupiter, largest plane in the world, crashed during a test flight, and its pilot was found dead in the wreckage, his skin a bright green. While baffled scientists hunted vainly for an explanation, the voice spoke again, predicting another major catastrophe. That midnight, in the engine cab of the cracked transcontinental flyer, the fireman was horrified to suddenly see his engineer's face and hands begin to turn green. And then, deliberately, like a man gone mad, the engineer races through stop signals toward a head-on collision with an approaching freight train, while the fireman struggles to pull him away and release the air brake. Ah! Succeeding in the last frantic attempt to release the train's powerful air brakes, the fireman lessens the impact of the head-on collision and saves the lives of hundreds of passengers. Meanwhile, all unknowing, Superman in his role of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are having a midnight snack in a dinner near the Daily Planet building. What's the matter, Jim? Not eating. Oh, it's that radio going full blast. Hmm? Every time I hear a radio now, I expect that voice to break in. Oh, is that all? Hey, Nick. Must we have the radio going? That's the bottom, Mr. Kent. You know, like a music. Well, not just now, Nick, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. I'm going to turn it off. Thanks, okay, Nick. Mr. Kent. Sure, thanks. Oh. Well, the radio's off, Jim. Finish your sandwich. Uh, I'm not very hungry. What? You? Not hungry? <laughs> You're not sick, are you? No, but... Well, look, Mr. Kent, it's after midnight. This is the day the voice set up. A worse catastrophe than the crash of the Jupiter would happen. Well, let's hope the voice is wrong this time, Jim. Well, let's hope is right. This whole thing has given me the willies. Don't let it, Jim. It's exactly what the voice, whoever he is, would like. People start getting panicky. Well, sure, I know, but I... Well, what's that? It's just the phone. Now, oh, come on, Jim. Get a hold of yourself. Hello. Nick, goodbye. Who's calling? What? Oh, Mr. Kent. Sure is it. Hold on. That for me, Nick? Yes. Thanks. Now what's wrong? Hello, Kent speaking. 
Yes, Chief. What? What? Say that again. What happened to you, Ken? Oh, continental flyer. Great Scott, where? What about the flyer, Mr. Ken? Jim, please. Just out of Stevens, fella. Come on, we've got to get going. Creeping lizard. Ran wreck, huh? Oh, that's too bad. Uh, here's a dollar, Nick. Take both checks out of it and keep the change. Sure. Come on, Jim. Thanks to Mr. Kent. All right. Now, listen, Jim. You get back to the office and stand by to take the story. I'll phone you just as soon as I can. Phone me from where? From the train wreck. Well, you won't have to. I'm going with you. No, you're not. I can get there in no time alone. In no time? Well, what are you talking about? Oh, I... I, I didn't mean no time, oh, You but... just want to get rid of me. Every time no. something big happens, you want to get rid of me. How can you get there any faster without me than with me? Well, it, it, it isn't that, Jim. It, but it, it's late, and most of the staff has gone home. And somebody's got to do the rewrite when I phone it in. Well, okay. See you later, Jim. Okay. So long. So long. I'm going to get out of these clothes. But where? In that alley, I guess. It's dark enough. Yeah, here we are. Tougher and tougher ducking away from Jimmy when there's a job to be done as Superman. I must get to that reckon fast. There we are. Now, up, up, and away! Leaping into the dark skies, red cape streaming, the man of steel speeds towards the train wreck. 21 miles southwest of Metropolis. He flashes over the tiny village of Stevensville. And a mile farther on, he spots the wreck. Two great engines locked together like iron monsters in mortal combat. Ah, there it is. Great Scott, look at those two locomotives. Nothing but twisted steel. The passenger cars seem all right, thank heaven. Down, down to those engines. Out of the way, please. You and the overalls. Are you the engineer? All I can. Who are you? No time for introductions now. Speak up, man. I'm going to do what I can to help. Now, you can help if you can tell me what happened to old Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder? Who's he? Now, keep that crowd back, please. He was the engineer of the fire. That's him. Under the blanket there. What? Good Lord, he... Yeah, yeah, he... dead as a post. Poor old Tom is, but that's not the worst of it. i got to say that's low, mister. We're trying to keep it from the passengers. Something's happened to Tom. His skin is bright green, mister. Don't fail to be with us tomorrow for another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman. Follow The Adventures of Superman brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Gang, waste paper is urgently needed by your government right now to help make materials of war. So keep on collecting every bit you can find. Give it to your local collector. And remember the slogan, don't throw it out, turn it in. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. On April 22, 1969, Johnny Carson invited Bud Collier, the original voice of Superman, plus members of the original cast, to recreate an actual Superman drama on The Tonight Show. This was done with hilarious results. Oh, yes, they broke for a commercial partway through the show, too. The lead-in for this commercial got a big laugh. Just listen close. Now, here's Johnny Carson. Hey, uh, let me explain this. This episode was first aired in January 5th, 1944. It was episode number 353. These were normally 15-minute broadcasts, although we won't do the entire show, but we're going to do all the dialogue exactly as written. I understand that they paid about $50 per script in those days, and the fellow had to turn out five a week. We do want to thank Mr. Ellen Duchovny of National Periodical Publications. He's the owner of the rights to Superman. As I mentioned before, I'd like to introduce a few people you have met already. Already you know Marion, 
And of course, Edward, the original narrator on the show is Mr. Jackson Beck. This is Mr. Beck right here. Mr. Redfield, Billy Redfield, right back here. And Mr. Frank Buxton, whom I just mentioned a moment ago. So I believe we're all set. So I believe we're all set to recreate episode number 353 of Superman. The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a birth! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, the adventures of Superman! Assigned to witness the departure of an Atlantic convoy, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane were captured by unknown men and imprisoned in a deserted house on the Metropolis waterfront. When they failed to telephone the Daily Planet as per instructions, Editor Perry White had Clark Kent call the Navy Department at the Metropolis Harbor. Kent was informed that a young man and woman identifying themselves as Jimmy and Lois had been admitted through the gates. But from the guards' descriptions of the two, Kent realized they were imposters. And, resuming his true identity of Superman, he streaked for the harbor. As we continue today, it is an hour after midnight, and in the dark, damp room in which they are prisoners, Jimmy and Lois hold their breaths as a key turns in the rusty lock. Listen. Quiet, Jimmy. Someone's coming in. He's not coming in. He's going away. Oh, I, I wish I knew what this is all about. <laughs> I wish I did too, Jim. I mean, you know, taking our press cards and identifications, but that's all. Not taking our money. And how, how did they know we were assigned to see that convoy sail tonight? And what time we were leaving the houses and all? Wait. Hmm? I hear voices. <laughs> yeah. I do too, Miss Lane. Where, where are they coming from? From the back of the room somewhere, I think. This way. Oh! Gee, gee you hurt, Miss Lane? Oh, no, but I ruined my last pair of nylon stockings. Oh, this rotten old floor is falling apart. Here, I, I got the flashlight. Oh, that's better. Oh, over this way. Uh-oh. What, what is it? Oh, my heel's caught in something. Turn the flashlight down there, Jim. Okay, Oh, look, my heel's caught in one of those old-fashioned hot air floor registers. Oh, it's like a grill. That's where the voices are coming from, a room below. Well, guys, Miss Lane, get your heel uncaught. If we, if we get down on the floor, maybe we can hear what they're saying. Oh, I can't. Oh, it's wedged in one of the holes. What do you wear those old high heels for anyway? <laughs> there, I got my foot out of the shoe. Hey, bend down and see if we can hear anything. Uh Watch out, those old floorboards are rotted all the way around the register. We should hear from Carl and Hilda at any moment now. The radio transmitter is ready, Johan? Yeah, Herr Graf. <laughs> Good. You have all done very well. 
Tory, I commend you particularly for your excellent job in capturing the two newspaper reporters and securing the letters of identification from the Daily Planet. Yeah, it was a cinch, boys. Now, how about the dough for the job, huh? You will receive it very soon, as soon as we leave. We are leaving here, Herr Graf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as soon as Carl and Hilda... <laughs> who pose as the reporters Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane, telephones the details of the American convoy, and you, Johan, have radioed it to our waiting submarine. Sleeping lizards, did you hear that? <laughs> we've got to get out of here and call Perry White and the FBI. That's what we've got to do. Boy, I, I wish Mr. Kemp was here. Oh, what could he do? I don't know, but other times when we've been in tough jams, Mr. Kemp was with us. Well, sometimes Superman showed up. Hey, let's try that door again. Wait, I'll get my shoe out of this register. Be careful, Miss Lane. They'll hear you. Oh, oh Jim! Jim, I fell in! Well, I told you to be careful, Miss oh, Lane. Oh, 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 it's the newspaper, Dave. Oh, Lane, they're register. coming up here. Up wait, 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 Open the door, I'll put my shoulder again. Push, push. I'll put your shirt on. Get it, Oh, you're hurting me. I wrenched in. I'll say you're wedged in this lane, but look, put your hands on the floor and push up. Hurry up, they're coming. What do you think I'm trying to do? Here we are. Ah, now, put the light on. Okay. There. <laughs> Look at the dame stuck in the register hole. <laughs> you can cease your efforts, Miss Lane, and you too, Mr. Olson. Oh, yeah, Both well, listen. Both of you have been very foolish. Yeah, well, listen, we heard you. You're going to radio the dope on our convoy with your U boats, huh? Well, you won't get away with it. And who is going to stop us? Well. Just as soon as we get out of here. You know, it is really too bad. I had planned to let you go free as soon as our uh, work was done. But now, since you know who I am and what I look like, I must change my plans. Well, what are you going to do? You will know very soon, young man. Very soon. There's a grim threat in Groff's voice as he tells Jimmy and Lois that he has changed his plans to free them. What does he intend doing? We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first... We'll be back to uh, Superman Boys and Girls in just a moment, right after this word from Buck, the King of Fear. Now, back to our story. Caught in the act of eavesdropping on the conversation of their Nazi captors, Lois and Jimmy now run the risk of extermination at the hands of a man known as Graf. Meanwhile, having discovered that imposters posing as Jimmy and Lois are at the Metropolis Harbor, witnessing the sailing of an Atlantic convoy, Superman streaked from the Daily Planet and is just now alighting behind tall pilings outside the main gate of the harbor. Now to get back into Clark Kent's clothes and find out what happened to Jimmy and Lois. There we are. Fix my tie like that. Hat, glasses... All set. Hold. Who goes there? Uh, I'm Clark Kent, Daily Planet. 
I, I phoned here a few minutes ago about two of our reporters. Oh, yes, I talked to you about Miss Lane and Mr. Olson. That's right. I'm afraid something's wrong. The young man and woman you describe are not Miss Lane and Mr. Olson. Well, I reported that to Captain Summers. Oh, I see. Well, that's good. Well, would, you, would you mind just describing them to me again? You said you admitted them? Yeah, their identifications were okay. They had letters from Mr. White and press cards. The woman even had a driver's license with Miss Lane's name on it. The woman was a blonde, you say? That's right. Kind of husky. Well, Miss Lane is a brunette and not at all husky. Hmm. The man had a little mustache. He was wearing a white raincoat. About 23, I'd say. Well, he's an imposter, too. You said they left just a few minutes ago? Yeah, they just walked down Harbor Street. Thank you very much. I'll be seeing you. Now to get back behind these pilings again and out of these clothes. This is a fast job for Superman. <laughs> Those two posing as Jimmy and Lois, I don't like it. They must have been after information on the convoy. What did they do with Jimmy and Lois? I'll have to find those two imposters. Down Harbor Street, that guard said. Up, up, and away! Here's where Harbor Street meets Market. Now, which way? Did they take a taxi here, or... Seems to me if they were spying on our convoy, they'd want to get rid of their information fast. Might have stopped in somewhere to telephone. Let's see. Yeah, there's a drugstore. Down! Now, we'll have a look in here. Oh, there's nobody in there except the clerk behind the prescription counter. Have to look some other place. Wait a minute. Downstairs, I can see through the floor. Phone boots and a blonde girl standing outside one of them. A little fellow in a white raincoat is talking on the phone. They must be the two I want. I told you, operator, I want Central 0134. Yes, 0134. Now, why do I have to wait? Oh, 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 you have some now. Thank you. Hello, Baron. I have all the information on the convoy. Are you ready? The man in the white raincoat is about to reveal the important convoy information. Will Superman be able to stop him in time? And what if Jimmy and Lois threatened with death by the graph? Don't fail to be with us tomorrow for another thrilling episode. Tune in, same time, same station for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. And gang, don't forget to keep on collecting waste paper for the paper salvage drive. Waste paper is urgently needed to help make war materials such as bomb pins and parachute flares. Give all the waste paper you can find to your local collector. And remember the slogan, boys and girls, don't throw it out, turn it in. One of my favorite accounts of Superman is this one by comedian Bob Newhart. This is the thing. We've all gone through this. You send a suit out to the cleaners, and you get back somebody else's suit. And it's not a major inconvenience, but it could be supposing uh, Superman got, <laughs> got the wrong suit back from the... Now, he's, he's got a problem. And... Uh, he is sitting in his office, disguised as Clark Kent. Right? And he, 
at the Daily Planet, right? And the phone rings. Hello, hello. Yes, yes, this is Clark Kent. The, the mild-mannered reporter, yes. <laughs> you're, you're holding Lois Lane, and unless we come up with a million dollars by tonight, we'll never see her again. She suggested I contact a Mr. S. <laughs> yes, I know what she means. <laughs> could, could I put you on hold for just a minute? I... I, I have a, a bit of a problem. Hello? Hello? Uh, B&W Cleaners? Look, look th this is Clark Kent, and the mild-mannered reporter, yes. I'm, I'm fine, fine, thank you. Listen, there's been a mix-up on my suits, and, and I, I need it. I, I have to go out on a job right now. I'm sure it's not my suit. Let me describe my suit to you. The cape is kind of a royal blue with, with white piping. And the leotards are, are kind of... are kind of an off blue. No, they're, they're not my wife's, no. They're, they're mine. I'm, I'm not married. What, what's that supposed to mean? Maybe this will help you. On, on the jersey, there, there's a kind of red S. S for Clark Kent, yes. <laughs> with, with an outfit like that, you, you wouldn't use your right initials either. <laughs> this is very difficult to explain. Uh, see, I sometimes fly in that suit. <laughs> What do you mean, you bet I do? <laughs> How'd you like somebody to come down there and knock that silly cigar out of your mouth? <laughs> Never mind how I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Look, you can't find the suit. Is that it? All right. I have someone on hold. All right. Lois, baby? Listen, I, I don't think we're going to be able to get you out of this one, Lois. <laughs> well, it wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. Say, have you got it rough... Do you feel alone and unappreciated? Take a look around you. Whether you're a mechanic or a missile man, a rifleman or a receiving clerk, you're part of a mighty big team in the armed forces. And that team is counting on you. Now this is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.